Hey, welcome back to Tuesday Take, where we sit down with Pastor James, ask a few questions, and hear some additional thoughts from this week's teaching. Well, welcome back to another Tuesday Take. Reverend. Hey, Shane. You doing all right, man? Yep. That's good. That's good. You got some Latin food coffee? Man. So we're doing great. Not a sponsor, but I will say... They do have good coffee. Latin food. Well, what used to be Latin food, now it's Alex's Latin Kitchen, I think is what the sign said. It's on North 7th. Make a great cup of coffee. They do, for sure. It's really good. Um, I I don't treasure this, but I really appreciate (laughs) it. But it it. is really good. (laughs) I really appreciate it. Um, Man, jumping into some questions from this week. Why do you think we struggle so much with treasuring Christ? I think this is the the problem with in our world or just I think, you know, sometimes I can't see Christ, you know what I mean? Like we can see things that he like changing our life and things like that, but I think sometimes I think that's just we see the 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 sparkle of the things of the world, we see the the things that are right before us. We live in a very uh, world and culture that's very instant gratification, and so I think there's so many things that grab for our attention. There's so many things that are constantly pulling on us, and and sometimes they're not bad, evil in themselves, sinful things. But there's just there's so many things pulling, vying for our focus, our time, our affections, and so sometimes I think we can look up. And I, I was even reminded this Sunday of just even thinking through it of like, because really I think that's the point. Even in the Gospels, I think we talked about some of the parables. We'll get to them in Matthew later. But when it talks about, you know, like the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. It's like the pearl of great price. You know, the basis like Jesus, like the point of this is that we would treasure Jesus above everything else in our life. You know, but I think some of the tension or pull of it is sometimes we can look up and realize that he's really not the greatest thing we value. You know, we may say it, and of course he, he calls it out even in this passage and even to the scribes and Pharisees, says, you know, you, you say you do with your lips, that's fine, but I really know what's in your heart. I really know what you value. And so I think that's even for us, sometimes we can kind of deceive ourselves and be like, oh yeah, of course I treasure Jesus, but according to this, our actions speak pretty loud and really reveal what we treasure, what we truly really say this is of highest value to me. Yeah. You know? For sure, and even like I, this is this is probably getting to something else. I think Chad said this in our in our home group, but you know, there's some things like at work, and I thought it was good. That he says there's some things at work that we just want to get through, and really we do that to get through so that we can do the things that we actually love to do. And even like thinking about even in our spiritual lives, like do we do that with church? Do we do that with our devotion time? Like we're just let's get through these things, but there's really something I really want to you know enjoy, you know, or do we really enjoy? Our time with the Lord, do we enjoy? You know, so mm-hmm. I think those are pretty pretty difficult questions to kind of think about and ask. But yeah, why do you think we invest our lives so much into things that won't fulfill us? I think it's going back to the treasure. You know, of we see these things that are right before us. I think we see the world around us, um, what everyone else is pursuing, what everyone else is going after. It's easy to get sucked into the same things that everyone else is investing their life into. And so I think for a lot of us, um, you know, we can do the same same thing with, you know, about where we're investing our life is we can look up and realize we're doing the same thing the world is. And so I think that's one of the difficult things about investing our life and why we sometimes 
And I think that's the crazy thing is, of course, I guess you see it with Israel and you see it even with us. Like, even there's times we know these things don't fulfill. We know these things won't don't matter or won't last. But yet, so often we still find ourselves back at the same place of finding my identity in something that won't won't fulfill me or won't last or whatever. And it's like we fall back into this. And I think a lot of it is we just lose perspective. Um, I know I, we were talking about that in our home group. We lose perspective of like to think about like in the end, when I die, when I'm before the Lord, like what is really going to matter? But it's hard to think, like when we're just trying to live our life today, it's hard to think about that, like mm-hmm. the end of all things and like what will really matter in the end of those. Um, but I think even a lot of it, even, you know, this is when people, you know, you, you read reports or I've talked to people that are on their deathbed and, you know, it really begins to put things in perspective of like what really matters and, a lot of times the things that we're chasing and going after investing our life in don't matter, you know. But I think a lot of it is uh, maybe that could be helpful is like always just waking up with that perspective, you know, of like, hey, what really, what, what, I mean, this, this life's short. Like what really matters, like, you know, but I think sometimes we're so worried with other people and what other people think or what other people are doing. We're comparing ourselves to other people. And so I think that's a lot of the danger is why we maybe invest our life in other things because we're constantly, we'll, looking at what someone else has, what someone else is doing, instead of staying in our lane or, you know, keeping our eyes focused on what really matters. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> you joked about something Sunday that a nickname you had growing up was Toy Boy. Um, so coming out of that and just some different things that we can look at with this, can we enjoy things? If, you know, I'm supposed to treasure Christ and he's supposed to be where I invest my life and my focus and my attention should be on him and I should honor him, what about all these other things in life? Can I still enjoy them? Yeah, so I think even that when you think about investing your life and even we talked a little about about money and so I think it gets to like, you know, can I not can I not have a house that I like? Can I not have a car that I like? Can I not have things that I like? Can I not go on vacation? Can I not do all these things? And so like one of the past I read Sunday and I read it again, it's in first Timothy six. Um, it's in verse 17, he talks about as for the rich in the present age, he says, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. So he says, hey, look, don't don't trust in these in money and riches and resources. He says, but on God. But he's, but then he says this, who richly provides for us everything to enjoy. And so uh, God's not against our joy. God's for our joy and to find joy in things. But I think it's like really putting things into perspective of true joy comes from Him. And God is a God that provides good things. God is the God that provides things for us to enjoy. But I think what gets reversed is, or the danger that I think is warning about, is that we, we're we so quickly to attach ourselves to things, and if we're not careful, our joy can not be found in Christ and what Christ has done for us, but it can be found in the things of this world, Things sometimes things that aren't bad. Um, and so I think it's this constant evaluating you know, of like, what's really bringing me joy? You know, what is, what's bringing me delight in this, you know, and it's like, you know, as we, you know, as you spend time with family, if you go on vacation, if you uh, enjoy a nice dinner, you know, or whatever, it's like, hey, look, we can enjoy these things, and, and to the glory of God, thank, thank you, God, that you allow us to have experiences with friends and family and with our church and with, you know, that God, you allow us to, to experience things, and you know, like one of the things, I know this for some people, made it, but like I was seeing this the other day, I was running um, down the house, and I was just like, Lord, like thank you for allowing me to like be able to run, you know. And I know sometimes people are like, well, 
I hate to run. Hmm. Um, but I was just like, like just to be able to enjoy, like, you know, Lord, thank you for giving me a healthy body to be able to, to do this right. Like, I don't want to take it for granted. And so I think it's probably always keeping perspective on things of, you know, God, you allow me to enjoy these things. I want things to bring glory to you. And, and almost like using it as a way to praise him, you know, of like, God, thank you for this, man, like, this barbecue we get to smoke these ribs and eat this them like coffee yeah this coffee right here lord thank you you know and so i think it's you know not not being overly attached to things but i think it's like always keeping probably good perspective on things you know and uh, god does allow us to enjoy things um but you know for us to be not consumed by them or them driving us or or causing us you know like we said even you know one of the things of like you know by doing things then it hinders me from then being faithful to give or hate you know prevents me from being faithful to be generous to other people or to meet needs because i'm just so only focused on mine you know so absolutely um you read from luke 14 um i'm gonna read two verses from is luke 14 25 to 33 but two verses in particular i think stand out to everybody in this passage um, jesus says this if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. What do we do with, like, how, do, how does that practically work out in our life? Because that's some pretty strong things. And so what, how, not to, to shy away from anything, but like, how do we handle that passage? Well, I think even we see, and, and I think there's a tendency, of course, of like, I wish Jesus didn't say those things. Um, but I think also in understanding this of realizing really what it means to follow Jesus, because I think sometimes we make an Americanized version of like, oh, I get Jesus, but yet I get to pursue every other thing that I ever want. And so really what it happens is I just have Jesus as fire insurance against hell, and I get to go to heaven one day, but I'm still in the driver's seat of my life. I still get to do everything I want to do. Uh, of course, I, I know when I say that, it's almost acting like Jesus makes us do things we don't want to do because that's the thing about salvation. He changes our hearts so that we do want to do the things that God desires us to do. But I think in doing this, even the, even in the passage, I think I read this based out of the passage because he says you can't serve two masters. Like your heart's going to be attached to one thing or the next. You're going to end up being loyal and devoted and obedient and follow one thing over the other. And so he's making this very clear, I think, not saying that we abandon our relationships with our family or whatever it may be or possessions because at the end he says in verse 33 of that same chapter he says so therefore if anyone does not renounce all that he has he cannot be my disciple i think what he's trying basically to state to us is like what takes priority and when i even say priority it's not like even he's number one and my family's number two it's like he's it like he is the priority for my life he's a priority that governs my spouse with my kids, my family time, my personal time, exercise time. I like whatever thing that I do in my life is like he takes that priority. He gets the say in what I do. Everything that I do is about him. But I think we compartmentalize so much of our life of like church and like that's this part that, you know, and what he's saying is like, no, Jesus rules every part of my life. And because I follow him, that means that I have to like my allegiance now and this sounds crazy to say this, it's not to my family, it's to Christ. Now, in that, obviously, I take care of my family because even we know this, that Jesus called me to love my wife as Christ loved the church. Mm -hmm. But he's the priority. And actually, 
when you really think about it, when he's the priority, then I then am propelled to love my wife as Christ loved the church. Yeah. But sometimes we mix our priorities up, and the same thing with kids, you know, or whatever. We can overemphasize the priority of children when really my priority needs to be on Christ first. And so it, this goes with everything, I think, in life. And I think that's this this really hard line the sand that he's trying to say is like, and this is a way that I like to think of like a throne. Um, like there's not a first and second place. Like God's first place, my family's second place, this next thing, it's like there is only one place. It's Jesus. There's no other places. There's not second place. There's not third place. It's him, and then everything else comes later, you know. And so, but I think that's hard for us because we don't think of it that, you know what I mean? Like, it, I don't, maybe for some of us it doesn't sit well with us to think through that. And it could be, it could be too, maybe our hearts aren't changed, you know, mm-hmm. because it's basically saying when our hearts change, it's, <laughs> We follow Christ, you know, saying, "Hey, you're the treasure, you're the priority, and you take you take precedent over everything in my life." You know, not just a part of my life, and not just part of my day, or mm-hmm. part of a Sunday, or whatever it may be. And so, I think that's the thing that's been I've been thinking about in kingdom living that he's been talking about is like, this is what the kingdom looks like, and this is how we live to be a part of the kingdom. You know, that's so. good. Man, you talked about uh, just this this question, kind of being our last question, more of like an insight into you. <coughs> you talked about um, how if you could go back in time and invest even $10,000 into Amazon in what, 97? Yeah. I think it was, yeah, around 97, um, 98. How much money? Uh, was it? It's like $10,000 would have been like $12 million or something. Man, it kind of brings up like. I think of Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you yeah. mentioned that too. Yeah. Um, if if Marty would have known that the Cubs would have won, yeah. you know the payoff so started at all the <laughs> the sports almanac exactly. So. And so, just to kind of to to just hear you, if for some reason you had a friend like Doc Brown who had a DeLorean and you could go anywhere, when and where would you go? Man, that's hard. I mean, I, this sounds super churchy, and it's <laughs> oh, good. No, it's good. It's good. Um, I, I, I'll give two. I'll give. I'll give a, maybe two answers. One, I mean, I think I'd want to see Jesus. So I think I would want. I mean, I know, I know we experience Jesus now, but I think I would have liked to go back to that time just to see, see what it would have been like. Um, uh, just I, I don't know. Just to get maybe deeper insight into that culture and I think that'd be really neat you know to do that of course Jesus would when I walked up to him he, he would know I was from the future so because he knows all things so that would be weird it'd be kind of weird so so maybe that time and then um man another time maybe like 1776 New York City <sighs> yeah yeah that'd be not you know I, I don't yeah I wouldn't want to go during a war time yeah I don't know. Maybe, maybe I could be like a war hero or something, or I could die. Um, I don't know. Maybe I always think about like a. It'd be it'd be neat to go back to a time like where there's no, no computers, no cell phones, no. Just like you're living on like a ranch or something, you know. Like the old frontier. Just just hanging out, Man. you know. Just me and Kirsten. We it, by that time we'd probably have like twelve kids. <laughs> um, house on the prairie. Yeah, and yeah. just just hang out and I don't know. 
Hey man, just something simple, maybe. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What about you? Oh, uh, oh, I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't. I. I'd have loved to have been at the. The 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 Lazarus scene. I'd have loved to have been there, because uh, I think you see a side of Jesus there that he is very um, emotional because one of his oh, friends. Yeah. And so I think that. You see a level of empathy that you see. I mean, you see his his love for people and his his connection with people, but you see you see it a little different there. Um, I think that scene would have just been beautiful to watch. Um, apart from that, um, I don't know the early nineties. I mean, I'm a child of the nineties, early nineties. But I just I just loved growing yeah. up, man. Like I guess for me, maybe going back to my childhood, that'd yeah, be fun. or maybe seeing like old New York or something. Oh yeah, you know, like like. When it's all getting built, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Like an early in the American Revolution or – is there anything that makes you feel that way? <laughs> well, uh, Maybe to want to see the early founding fathers. Uh, Could be watching Hamilton maybe. Could be. I could mean, be. <laughs> no, I think that – I don't know if I'd want to – yeah, I don't know if I'd want to go back to that time. I mean, yeah, I think it'd be cool. Of course, I guess if we're talking about time travel, we're talking a long time about this, but – uh guess you could just drop in real quick and drop out. So, so it's true. not like you got to live there. Well, yeah. I don't, well, maybe you might get stuck, but anyway. Yeah. I mean, you may have to fix things in the fifties and, yep. you know, but as long as you have a sports almanac, I think you'll be good. Yep. As long as you make it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or like the, there's a show, um, or I think it's a book written by Stephen King about stopping John F. Kennedy's, uh, Oh yeah. Uh, uh yeah. 11, Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's it. It's crazy. So, it's so crazy. You could do that. Could, could, do could that go too, back and change something. What world would you come back to? That's uh, that's a lot of deep. Yeah, butterfly thought. effect, man. <laughs> but uh, man, um, you know, Sunday's sermon, it was fantastic. Uh, it was one that really made you stop and think. Where's my Where's my heart? Well, who's on the throne uh, of my heart? Um, that's been something that I think collectively as a church we probably all can agree that has been stirring in us at Sunday. And so. Um, yeah, I think it's good. I, that's what I was thinking Sunday, too. I think it's good. To, this is a real searching passage. You know, yeah. it really makes you think and ponder, like, where am I really spending my time, my money, my energy efforts, what's filling my calendars, what's, you know. So, I, And I think it's good on a regular basis for us to stop and really, like, hey, what am I really investing my life in? Yeah, you know? I agree. Well, man, thank you for sitting down with us. And uh, thank you again for listening to another episode of Tuesday Take.